0: which is good. Uh, folks, if you're our guest here this morning, my name's Paul. I forgot to do that. And uh, together with Chantel, we it's a joy, it's a privilege to, to lead this church and um, to be a part of everything that God's doing amongst us. Uh, you join us, if you are our guest, um, on our journey. We're on week three of a number of weeks where we're uh, just looking at uh, church, really, we're reminding ourselves, especially those of us who've been around for a while, um, who we are, what we're called to, what we're made for, we're going to be talking lots about that this morning. And uh, for you folks, you're kind of toes just in through the door, or you're just kind of seeking or seeking God, or checking us out, this is going to be uh, hugely helpful for you today and f- over the next number of weeks. Uh, we spoke last week about um, Jesus, which is always good, and um, we talked about what he had to say about the church. And I want to remind us and help us uh, introduce into this week. Jesus says to Peter, "I tell you that on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven." Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And we concluded two things. First of all, that he, Jesus, is the builder. And sometimes I think when we're so entrenched in terms of uh, working and, and, and uh, seeking to, to be involved and in doing church, doing church, we kind of somehow think that it's all about us. I know I sometimes feel a bit guilty of, of that. And yet we need to remind ourselves that he is the builder. We're just laborers. We're just called to kind of roll our sleeves up, mix the cement and lift a few bricks and just be a partner with him. And then secondly, that whilst we are just laborers, he has given us authority, spiritual authority to do the things that he did and still does. He gives us authority. And so the guys that are preparing and they're praying, they're wanting to meet on Friday nights, they are ordinary folks seeking to live an extraordinary life. By being in his presence, the presence of Jesus that changes us from the inside, and listening intently, trying to hear his voice, and hear his lead, and then being obedient and not allowing fear to prevent them and stop them from doing the things that God's called them to, and they're going to go and share. Are they going to get it right? Yes, (laughs) and no. Are they going to make a few mistakes along the way? Yes, and that's okay tell them we're from another church when that happens. <laughs> Are they going to see the kingdom of God come to earth as it is in heaven? Yes, they will. Yes, they will. He has given us authority to go do it. Every single one of you, if you know and love Jesus... He's given you authority. Go do the stuff. So that's what we did last week. And uh, this week, what I wanted to introduce to us is that there is diversity of work within the overall unity of the body. That's a bit gobbledygook. What do I mean? It means this simply, that anyone who belongs to a church is part of a worldwide body of Christ. And yet we know that there is distinct differences between many different churches and that there's diversity. And what I am saying is that's okay and actually that's really good and really healthy as long as there is unity amongst the other different (coughs) churches. And so you will have heard, those of you who've been around, you will have heard us say from from the front here is that we love the whole body of Christ. Jesus will return one day and he's coming for the bride and we're all part of the bride. He's not coming back for the this is and the that's and all the others. I'm not even going to name them. He's going to come back for us all. And Wimber used to say that the vineyard's just a part of the body of Christ. We're just, a, we're just another vegetable in the, in the big pot of stew. And that's who we are. We're just part of this thing. And we honor the wider body of Christ. We do that in this town, in the surrounding towns, and everywhere we go. Because we all belong to Jesus. It's important that we honor one another. So, where are we going? What are we building And what is it that God has entrusted to us? We're going to get there in the next coming weeks. But what I would like us to do before we begin to really unpack that and answer those questions is talk about why it's important to have a plan. We need to kind of know just who we are, where we're going. We need to have a bit of a plan of action. And this kind of develops into what I'm going to talk about in in a bit a philosophy of ministry, and that's a really gobbledygook language, and I'll talk a bit about what it means in a minute. But first of all, let's just have a look. There's many verses in the the book of Proverbs, which really, they're just great one-liners, which explain the importance of having plans. I'm hoping that they're there. Uh, These are just three of them. There are others. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails, One like it, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their plans. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. It's good to make plans. It's part of what God gives us, he entrusts us, he puts things into our hearts, and out of our hearts we begin to uh, design a plan of action now we can either uh, plan and live lives according to the selfish desires of our hearts and let's face it we, we all either have done that or do that we 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 choose a course we do this we do that based upon whatever we just what we want to do likewise we can act out the plans, the kingdom plans and purposes that he has for us as we give ourselves to him. And it's similar to one of my favorite verses in the Bible is from Psalm 37, I think it's verse 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And simply what that means is, As we give of ourselves to him, as we surrender our lives to him, our thoughts, our words and our deeds and our, what we want in life. As we fully and wholly surrender to him, he just has this, we open up ourselves to hearing from him and him sharing with us what he has for us, uniquely for us. And so he gives us the desires of our hearts because he put them there. He put them in our hearts. And so it's important that we have plans, that we make plans and that we follow plans. But we must always um, avoid the two extremes. The two extremes I, I've written down is King It and King Rigid. So we've got King It. That's the person who's, nah, just go with the flow don't need a plan chill out man you know oh just gonna go with the holy spirit oh which way is he blowing today we're just gonna go over here and i'm with that by the way there is absolutely either way i'll be contradicting what i said earlier <laughs> we must be obedient to what the lord is saying but i'm using that as an extreme ah oh, maybe we'll do a bit of this today Ah, oh, no i think we need to do bit more, you you understand what I'm saying. The other extreme is King Rigid. The person that's so extreme and so divine and so planned and so intentional and ends up being completely blinkered to what the Holy Spirit might be saying. And we just become so institutionalized and so rigid in what we're doing. As church grows, we need, we need, to put in place structures and systems which facilitate growth, that we plan in such a way that things don't become so rigid. Uh, Our friend Alan talks about structures and systems that are fast, fluid, and flexible in order to manage and maintain what God is doing. So it's important that we do plan, but not so much that we miss uh, what God might simply be doing. It's important that we know who we are and we don't fall into the trap of an identity crisis. There have been some wonderful churches and wonderful Christian ministries that have sprung up here, there, and everywhere. I've been a Christian. I worked this out the other day. In the 27 years that I've been a Christian, I've come across a few and I've heard a few. We've had vineyard worship. We've had the prophetic awakening, cell church, seeker-sensitive services, purpose-driven ministry, renewal, revival, we've had the house of prayer, 24-7 prayer alpha, the prayer of Jabez, uh, emerging church, and a number of other things. We could just quote and quote and quote. Some of them, most of them, are absolutely brilliant and God-given and God-driven. Some of them are, in my opinion, interesting, and we'll just go no further there protecting the wider body of Christ. It would be easy, and many churches kind of fall foul of seeing this over here and thinking, that's what we need. We're going to go do that. We're suddenly overnight going to become cell church. I remember years ago, to be fair, going to a, it was a whole thing about, sell church stuff, and it was brilliant, and I came back, and I was like, this is what we need to do, and we're already sort of doing it, and we can learn great things from lots of the different things that I've mentioned there, and we do, you know, right now, I mean, massively church, we're influenced by Bethel Church, many of us, there's some absolutely fantastic stuff there, and we align ourselves with some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff there, but not all of the stuff. And it's just important, I hope that you hear me well in this, it's important that we know who we are and what we're called to. And we're blessed by those other things, and we're influenced by those other things, but we're not those other things. And it's just important that we, uh, that we know that. Um, where are we in the notes? Yeah, we'll skip through. Okay, we're going to keep things really brief. A philosophy of ministry simply is this. It's kind of a way that we do things based on who we are. And there are just three things that I think having a philosophy of ministry helps us as a church in terms of who we are and where we're going. First of all, it roots us. It gives us our identity. It gives us our security and helps us stay on track. Secondly, it functions as a filter. It helps us to know what we do and what we don't do. So, what do I mean? We, we get emails and mail from other organizations, charities, Christian things, frequently. Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you pray for us in this way? Can you do that? I even once had someone from a reputable... Um, Christian charity knock on my door <coughs> where we live um, with a magazine for this particular charity which was a, a bit naughty in my uh, opinion. People seeking partnership with us as a church and do you know what most of them are absolutely brilliant they're fantastic and they're doing their thing and what have you and I understand why why they're doing and what they're doing and some of them we think yeah That seems really, really right. And others, you're just like, we don't have time for that. And that doesn't come right into who we are as a church. And so we choose not to partner in that particular way because it doesn't fall into who we are. Does this make sense? Another thing is sometimes um, people from within our church, you, you come to us and you say, I really sense God is calling me to do such and such and we've said before haven't we he who gets the vision gets the job and sometimes it's a case of that's absolutely brilliant and yes that seems to really fit with us as a church and we're going to get behind that and we're going to resource that we're going to support that so revive is a classic example those guys and what they're going to be doing uh, absolutely brilliant. Diversity was another great example. Someone in the church felt like God was saying, need to gather people from different nationalities. Yes, we're going to get behind that. And we resource it, we pray for it and we support in leadership and that's absolutely fantastic. And then there are some times or other times when, when people would say, really sense God's called me to do this. And we're like, that seems amazing and brilliant, but we're just not sure that that actually fits Uh, in terms of where we're leading as a church, but we recognize that it's good and that it's God. And so whilst we don't necessarily do it as a church ministry, we support you in it and we champion you in it and we say, yes, go do it. God bless. And we'll pray for you. Does that make sense? Does that kind of... um, So that's that one. And we'll skip right on to the last one. Her philosophy of ministry acts like a sign on a bus. And if you've come to any of our Vision and Values Nights, you'll have heard us say this before. Uh, Our Vision and Values night is coming up. It's on the 21st of February, for those of you that have never attended one. And it's just a great evening where you get to meet some of us guys that lead the church. And um, you get to hear a lot more about who we are, where we're going, that sort of stuff but it acts like a sign on the bus. If you see a bus that's going past, you'll see maybe the number of the bus and you might see the destination of where it's headed. Philosophy of ministry spells out who we are and where we're going. And it's really helpful for people that join this church or any church that they know exactly that. So that there's no unrealistic expectations as to who we are, where we're going. So get on board if that is the bus that God's called you to. Get on board and join in and join in with the journey and the fun and where it's going. And in that we politely say, you know, don't come on board and try change the direction of where the bus is going. The bus is going a certain direction and it has its drivers who are taking it that way. And that's trying to be respectful and polite in that. Likewise, we know that for some people, they, they journey on the bus, and after a while, they're like, oh, goodness, I, I didn't want to go to Ballymena. I wanted to go to Larn. And then they're like, oh, I, I, uh, maybe perhaps I need to get off and, and uh, catch the Larn bus and, and take it that direction. And that's okay. We just want to say that and just to be open and, and honoring in that way. And... Uh, That's that.